How'd you go to the big oh. Tesco? I went absolutely like mad with power because I've got the t-shirt money now. So <laughs> no more of that like Tesco Tesco value value gruel for me. It's Tesco finest paste now. <laughs> I went in. I went in for a couple of things, and I came out with like just fucking like a, a regular week shopping. It was it was bliss. Did you? Was it one of the Tesco's? You say big Tesco? Did it have like a clothing section? Yeah, I, I didn't buy anything from there. Are you sure you didn't use the t-shirt money to buy a t-shirt? What would be the point in that? Can't I, I can't eat a t-shirt? Can I? Is this is this some new Tory scheme? Is it where like I'm I'm supposed to like not sell the t-shirts? I'm supposed to feed them to kids. <laughs> I mean, it, it fucking could be. Frankly, I've I've been paying attention loosely to the Twitter sphere, and so I'm aware of the whole story, which I suspect we're getting into tonight. But oh, Jesus Christ! It's like I'm not even particularly paying that much attention, and the sheer white hot rage that's resonating over my fucking Twitter is insane. I don't think I've heard the country uh, this angry in quite some time. Yeah, because someone said to Tories, would you like to feed children? And they went, nah, fuck them, let them starve. Normal, that's it. Just, just normal things. Anyway, we'll discuss some normal things on this episode of Podcasting's Praxis. I'm David. I'm here with Ben. Hello. James. Hello. And fresh for the big Tesco, Jamie. All right. I've still got a mouthful of Tesco <laughs> biscuit. <laughs> fuck it, I'm eating my yogurt, then. <laughs> oh, fuck. Tesco biscuit sounds like a private school game. <laughs> no, it's like from the in-store bakery, raspberry and white chocolate. It's fucking mint-like. Mm, yeah, white chocolate, you say. <laughs> See, what's going on here, listener, is we've been paying attention to other podcasts' way of doing things, and frequently on Well, There's Your Problem, they seem to, like, eat and drink and just generally, like, you know, give no fucks about the fact of recording, so we're just aping their style. That's what this is. It's not so much ape in the style as just I, I, I saw them doing that and went, well, if they're allowed to fucking do it, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can, yeah, you can well. eat on the podcast, Jamie, when you do research. How's that? No deal. <laughs> I'll, see, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Um, yes, will we talk about the, the, the hungry kids and the shit Tory MPs? Will we do that? Shit, I'm just sitting here, we're eating biscuits and yeah, uh, yogurt, and we're about to talk about kids starving. Fantastic, let's go. <laughs> Perfect. Get your yogurt Perfect. down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so, um, bit of background for anyone that has managed to somehow miss the um, previously mentioned incandescent countrywide rage. Um, the Tories decided that they weren't going to extend free school meals over the holidays. Um, it's half term, etc., down south, and obviously that means for at least a week, kids can't be fed at school. Because they can't be fed at school, there's no food, parents will have to obviously fork out for that. Some people can't fucking afford to do that quite as easily as the rest. What they should, ju- what they should do is just buy a stone and like pull some weeds up from a, like a, an embankment and just put it all in a big pot and heat it with the power of their mind. And then they can feed a family of like six for a fortnight on that. I'm reliably See, I, informed by cunts all over Twitter. See, I was I was thinking we'd go in a different direction with that. I thought we were going to say what we should do is get a stone and a big pot of water and go sit out like a Tory constituency office and make stone soup. And I was going to point out that that would obviously fall down right away because there's no fucking way the Tory would have the curiosity of mind to want to contribute ingredients to the soup. 
No, I mean, if you're going mm. to go to a... So no. eat the rich is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Feed the rich to the children. It's a lesson your kids are going to have to learn eventually. Is this... This is <clears> the <throat> second time they've said, well, if, if you're lying on school for food, then fuck you, right? Like, they've done this before. And I think the U turned over it in the summer, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it is... You have to wonder how many times they can U-turn on this before it gets old. Um, as many times as they need to, because there's not an election for four more years and there's nothing anyone's going to do about it. Yeah, but if you do it, like, every summer until the election, do you, you know what I mean? It's going to stick in people's minds. I don't know about that, to be honest. It'll I don't just know become about... another, another British tradition. People will be out on their doorsteps every Tuesday clapping for the free school dinners. No, it'll, <laughs> it'll be a thing. They're, Next they're all, year, it's just all... a quaint tradition, you know? No, the, the tradition's going to be they'll all knit by the big Tesco and buy a plate <laughs> and leave it outside their Tory kind of local constituency office and that's them doing their bit to protest. Yeah, and then a mm. Spitfire flies overhead and drops a bag of quavers. <laughs> <laughs> it is coming up on War Christmas, isn't it? It's that time yeah, it's of the year again. It's coming up on fucking War Christmas year. That magical time of the year before Halloween now. Bit of a late start with the old War Christmas this year, isn't it? It's almost as if... It's almost as if everyone's had plenty of, like, do you know what I mean? Like, bullying to do over whether people are or aren't wearing masks. So they don't really need to, like, bully everyone for not wearing a big enough poppy. If you've already, like, had, you know, 10 months of screaming at people because they're, they're either wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, depending on. So you think the poppy brigade's all just quite tiled? Is that what you're saying? I think it might be. And also, they've all lost their jobs, so they can't afford to, like, get, like, the silhouettes of dead troops painted all over their houses and faces and everything this year. <laughs> I don't know. I feel that that theory would have more weight, Jamie, were not for the fact that I'm pretty sure the people who wear masks and the people who are most frothing at the mouth about War Christmas are, like, mutually exclusive. Oh, that's, why, that's why I said either yelling at people f for wearing or not wearing masks, depending on oh, which okay. side of that particular aisle you sat. All right, covering your bases there. Yeah, okay. Okay, fine. I guess it checks out. But I mean, it's like, you know, all the, all the usual stuff. Like, if they're, they're, the football's on, but it, they've got a social distance, you can't really sort of, like, justify bringing out that guy in the fucking clown shoes of respect, like last year. <laughs> if, everyone's, if everyone's supposed to be, like, minding their fucking manners. Oh, the clown shoes of respect. Has it been a full year already? Well, here's the thing. I, for a while, have wondered how long it's going to be how many years until the dodgy, shitty British porn channels where you don't actually see anything? How long until one of them does a I'm going to respect the fuck out of you poppy special? Like, it's coming at some point. It's going to, because it's that, it's that confluence <laughs> of psychosexual kind of engagement. Like, there's going to, there's got to be a point at some point in the future where it's become so kind of degraded and just like, you know, the fetishization becomes literal. But there's got to be that point. I'm just like, how many years are we out from that? So, I don't know. I mean, if you ring that guy that if you ring that guy that was out at half time, like dressed as a giant fucking poppy last year, <laughs> he's probably not busy. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I don't. I don't want to get sidetracked on the, the the war Christmas stuff. We'll, we'll save that for another episode. Um, it's just it's because yes, it's because let's. the topic is too fucking depressing. That's why. It's oh, like I know, uh, I know. I get the feeling I'm going to be kind of pulling us back towards this topic a few times, but let's we'll try and get through it. 
We've got other stuff to cover as well. Um, it's like it's like that fucking film, Go and Look or Come and See, depending on which version you're you're listening to in which language. And it's like uh, you know, it's it's important and powerful stuff. But by God, do you not want to look at it at times? I mean, I have no idea what that is, but like my, my head's just fucking like cracked open when you said it's called what? What? Come and look or go and see, depending on which it's, version you're it, listening to. Oh, okay. So it's a Russian war movie, and it's extremely good in a really soul-destroying kind of way, but the, the the original Russian, it quotes a Bible verse, and the Bible verse, if I get it right, in Russian it's go and look as a command, and it's from the Book of Revelations. In, uh, in English, it's come and see is what the angel says, and so when they dubbed it over into English, they changed the title, and so most people know it as "Come and See," whereas the the Russian version is, I think, a bit more evocative with "Go and Look," because it's about a young boy who's underage who goes off to fight the Nazis in World War Two, and what he sees at war. It's it's really like it's yeah, it's harrowing, is what I'm saying basically. And right. I don't know, it's, it was a joke for the one person on the podcast who'll get it, um, which I guess is me, and the one person who listens to the podcast will get it, who's probably also me. Carry on. I just want to, as an addendum to that, I just want to say I'm familiar with the uh, the, the <clears> angel <throat> saying "Come and see," but not from the Bible, from Johnny Cash songs. <laughs> okay, food for kids. So, um, basically, this whole thing's opened up a, a nice avenue for a parade of Tories to completely show their ass. Um, are we are we talking about Gary Big Dinners? <laughs> <laughs> Gary Big Dinners is a late entry to this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh fuck. Oh, what is his name? Gary Big Dinners. Whoever, whoever spray painted that on the wall, come on the fucking pod. Is it like Gary Smallbrook or something? Gary Sambrook. Gary Sambrook eats Big Dinners while just... editing his own Wikipedia page. <laughs> it's beautiful it's so good do you remember that evergreen tweet about how oh the Tories are finally learning how to do social media and uh, <laughs> over the last like three days we're just seeing them show their arses so fucking hard and it's all the young guys as well it's like it, like, it would be one thing if it was <clears throat> I don't know Baron Von Fuckstick well, you trust. know yeah, you know, just basically kind of posting on Twitter. Well, I personally think there's nothing wrong with feeding children. After all, you do want to fatten them up before you put them in the oven. Like, it'd be one thing to have them doing that shit. But no, it's all the young, new, bright hopes of a Tory party who are all thick as pig shit. Yeah, and somehow, somehow all only 30. You see pictures of them and you think, oh, Jesus, his seventh divorce obviously didn't go well. And it turns out, like, no, he's fresh out of school. It's a, it's a it's a Roland Dahl thing, isn't it? Because like um, you know, he had that thing, and people like pillory this, and it's like basically saying that, that, that it's that whole thing that evil thoughts will make you ugly. Yeah, from the the, the twits. Yeah, and a lot of people kind of look at that and go, oh, "That's terrible." That mean that's saying that if someone's ugly, they're evil, and it's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand your logic here. He's saying that you know. Essentially, if you're evil, it will shine through. Not that if you look ugly, that means you're evil. So he does kind of ruin it slightly by then going on to say that if you're good, it will shine through even if you're ugly, which is a bit, oh, all right, fine, thanks, mm. okay. Well, I mean, that's that's true, though. Like, everyone, everyone with good politics is hot. 
Like people like men and women alike look at me and think, holy shit, I didn't know goblins were real and I can't believe I found one going through my bins. And then they immediately after they go, <laughs> I would though. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, I wish I had your confidence. Just like one fucking tenth of it would be fantastic. I wish I had my confidence to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a theory wait. about how Tories age. And it's like, do you know that very, it's like Is, the, is the theory old. just a napkin with badly as fuck written on it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's a bit more in-depth than that. It's, so you've got like, you know, those Tories that look like they're 12, but wearing a suit, like, like all of Jacob Rees-Mogg's kids. Yep. So they all look like that. And then they all turn into like semi-attractive blondes for the purpose of PR, do that for a month or two, and then turn into like, Ben Bradley or Liz Truss or whatever. It's just like the the life cycle of a Tory. Is it like the suit chrysalis theory? Because I've heard that before. So sort of. They go so, through uh, their PR stage and then move on to you know. My theory is that the 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 guilt of repeatedly committing <laughs> just naturally ages a person. Mark Francois is only twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's getting cut. It's getting to a point now where when Jamie says stuff like that, just mentally I hear David's bleep just in my head. Uh, just like, this isn't even a bit, like, legit. It's like, you know how they have that thing of, hey, you can't hear an image, and then people will always post these images, and you're like, yep, I know exactly what that sounds like. Jamie's voice saying a liable now invokes the sound of beep in my head as he does it. It's actually, I don't know what you've done to me, David, some kind of Pavlov's dog kind of training on here. My favorite, my favorite bit of this whole, <coughs> we should fit, maybe we should feed children bit, is that it's brought back um, the Twitter, here's how I live for a week on 30p worth of food. Uh, I, I, this is a bit. Top fucking hits in here for that, yeah. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. It's like. Have we got that, have we got that guy from the army? Which one? There's, yes. there's a guy who's been yes. posting multiple tweets about how yep. he like you know I did like cheese and crackers was one. Oh of them. Jesus, that fucking page, like, page three. He's like, like here's here's how I boil an egg on a soul. Page three, what like like as if I've opened the show notes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean like he, he was for, apparently according to his Twitter bio, he's formerly a major in the uh, British Army, so I assume he knows some like high level paedophiles to get that kind of job. <laughs> I've never. I, I'm, I'm assuming that's how you get how you become an officer in the in the British Army is you know the right the, you know the right child molesters to get to get like a rank in the American Army you turn up at the recruiting office and tell them your dick has a vertical foregrip and when they finished firing six guns into the scene <laughs> and they, they make you a colonel. <laughs> in, in some ways, it's an improvement over the American Air Force at least because the American Air Force to get promoted in that. Like, you basically have to turn up and say, I love Jesus, but I haven't done a sex crime. At which point they'll go, aye, okay, fine, you're in. I I always assumed the fastest way to gain rank in the American Air Force was be one of the few people that can actually land the fucking planes. <laughs> no, that's that's obviously observably not true, Jamie, because of yeah. because John, you fucking... John McCain. <laughs> yeah, right, it's just, no, no way. It's, oh. it's the opposite of that. They select for qualities other than ability to land the plane. So... But no, I know, like, this is us drifting off again because the topic is so grim. Like, yeah. I, 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 have you read this article that Jack Monroe did um, 
oh god i'm suddenly no. did i get her name right jack monroe yeah you yeah. did yeah yeah okay cool sorry just you know ever get that moment where you get this weird kind of oh i'm an imposter and i think i've just missaid someone's name anyway cut all that bit so have you seen the article i don't know if, you, if you'll have seen it but it's an article by jack monroe um talking about mm-hmm. their experiences on essentially um you know getting out of poverty question mark because it's kind mm-hmm. of ambiguous um through their like book deal thing that they kind of like fell arse backwards into which isn't an insult because the recipes are great i own a couple of their books it's just like yeah they, they very much stumbled into it yeah it was a happy and, accident yeah and essentially they're talking about the lasting psychological damage of being in that like desperate situation essentially and how these gurning fuckers, you know, putting on their best crocodile tears to teach us all how to, like, buy a slice of toast for 12 pence. Um, like, how they can never fucking relate to it because they just don't understand the damage society does to you when you have no money and the scars that leaves. Yeah. So. It's not the only thing they don't understand either because all the recipes are like, right, so you go to Tesco and you buy, like, six individual pasta shells. They should give you those for about <laughs> three pence. <laughs> do you know what I mean it's like alright yeah okay and then I mean, like a, a penny's worth of <clears throat> butter I mean, well, do, you want, do you want some recipes do you want some recipes I don't know is it for buttering up Tories before we put them on the grill no I think it's this is not, the research no. we've heard so much about this is part of the research this this is Rob you can thank Rob for collating all these recipes it's Rob's you've basically book. just you've basically just asked me do I want to take 1d12 psychic damage and I guess I do go on yeah. you do you do you love it Three eggs. That's 42 pence, right? Because you can buy Perched three on eggs. the edge of a cliff by any chance. <laughs> <laughs> Two tomatoes. That's 20 pence. And cheese. No amount given, but 30 pence worth of cheese. Total cost 92 pence. And it fed his boys for breakfast. And what he's done there is he's mashed the fucking lot up and apparently put some pepper on the top. How much the peppers are costed? Yeah, that's he doesn't he doesn't say that's the thing. I mean, this is it all falls down when you start adding in the extras, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, once, once you go down to the, um, once you go down to the pepper shop and price out <clears> seven <throat> grains, that's like fucking. To be fair to him, I'll breaking the, the picture, bank there. that could equally just be black bold. Oh, we've got pictures. Hang on, let me fucking show notes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 more like you know he's they're treating it like you're being paid by the Roman army, and they're assuming the salt is just part of your salary. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this is the prick I was talking about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That thing looks like an uncooked pizza. That that looks like fucking... Do you know what I mean? That is, did he take that photo himself? Because it, it genuinely reminds me of um, Ian Miles Chong's fucking, like, omelette he made that time or whatever. It looks like it's been peeled off Sucky Hall Street. Oh, yes, it does. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the most evocative um, and accurate... Like, the, the, right, so to the, the Glaswegian listeners here, it really does look like someone has went down Socky Hall Street and went, oh, I can feed my kids off that, and scraped it off the fucking pavement. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, no, it's of the consistency that it was peelable. Like, it was at that perfect time about an hour after the garage closes, and it's just at that right kind of consistency. That's, that's what that is. Would we like another recipe? I mean, yeah, go on. I, I, I guess uh, right. it can only go up from pavement vomit. It can. Well, this one's pitched as an inexpensive snack for a big bloke after a before, first before night we walk. Move on, before we move on from the uh, the bit you scraped off the pavement, 
can we just mention what an absolute like fucking turbo cunt he is for alternatively pint of lager and packet of fags? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The end of a tweet, listener. Yeah. Has alternatively, pint of lager equals three pound sixty seven average. Pint of fags equals thirteen quid. Pint of fags. Pint of fags. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it does say packet pint of fags. Of fags. But I'm just. I'm just that fucking. I'm trying to. I'm trying to mentally distance myself, even as I'm fucking reading it, because it's just <laughs> rage-inducing. Like I swear to God, the past couple of days have not been fucking good for my blood pressure with what's been on going on on Twitter with this shit. Yeah. Well, he's also got an inexpensive snack. Cheese, thirty pence again. The same amount of cheese. This is the same amount of cheese that fed him and his two sons, his assumedly large adult ones. Um, yeah, just about, <laughs> just about to ask that. <laughs> yeah, and the inex, uh, the sorry, the expensive crackles, right? He says expensive crackles slash butter, ten pence. He gives a method for this one. It's a lot more involved. Open both packets, assumedly the cheese and the crackles. Take four crackles and a slice of cheese, butter cracker. Apply small cubes of cheese. What? Hold on. Is this cheese sliced or cubed? Yeah, what the we fuck, like? We don't know. What does are you doing with the slice cube? of cheese? He doesn't does tell it? you what to do with it. He said, take four crackers and a slice of cheese, butter a cracker, and apply small cubes of cheese. Like, what the kind of fucking non-Euclidean snack is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's time Total cheese, cost, clearly. This is, this, is what, this is what, like, fucking Cthulhu makes when he gets back from the pub. You've uh, you missed a key line there, David, which I'm looking at, and I'm just I'm feeling myself <laughs> flush with anger because in between the in between the method line and the total cost line, it says eat colon. This is key. Full stop. I mean, he sound he, he he does give the impression that he probably needs that at the bottom of all of his recipes just to remember it. He <laughs> would mean, probably be used to it. He definitely sounds like an army major to me. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say when when he says the the previous one with the fucking uh, the pavement pizza where it says like fed it it doesn't say his, his sons it says fed my boys for breakfast so I'm assuming he just served that to his squad <laughs> the entire platoon <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh you know baby the, the thing we're missing from this too is we haven't seen what his children actually fucking look like for all we know they are like Hosh. chained in a basement emaciated thin you know yeah well. He doesn't eat like that all the time because he's posted a nice wee picture of another one, um, another meal that he's went and bought this time. Lunch at the Black Swan. Is, is, this, is, this, is this where we go? This you? Yeah. Yes. This is this is the this you moment um, because what he's got there is fish bream on aubergine with a satay sauce and a couple of prawns on the top as well, and it's all stacked up and you know that fancy way that food has to be tall but not fill the plate. Yeah. 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 Cunt, and such a sad prawn. Fucking cunt. For, absolute wait, fucking cunt. I'm not finished. Bastard of a cunt. It's oh, some proper, it's some proper six, six chip Tory wanker action, like, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about six chip. <laughs> he's a landlord. Of course he's a fucking landlord. Do you have a music drop for the theme of Mao's revolution? Could you fucking play it? <laughs> I'm not <sighs> stealing Alice's bet. <laughs> yeah, fair, but Jesus fucking Christ! Like, I apologise for drop. I apologise for dropping the c word there, which I know, like, okay, it, it's got it's kind of misogynistic connotations, but in those reflexive moments where you're just reaching for the Pavlovian trained worst insult and just expletive that you've got, just what a fucking arsehole 
He has a Just... Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I can't... Yeah. I, I really am at a loss for words, because the recipes and the fucking smug, well... Like, that tone is bad enough, but then you get the this you moment. Keep that oh. on ice, right? Just... Jesus Christ. Prepare yourself, right? Load another one into the chamber, and you'll know when to fire it off. I'd only need one in the fucking chamber of a way, right? This is fucking going to end my life after this shit. Carry on. <laughs> Perhaps those that want free school meals... This is a different guy, by the way. Perhaps those that want free school meals should have to attend a compulsory home finance course together with home economics. Perhaps add to that a basic cooking course. Sounds actually... You know, fine. Those things should actually all be part of the education system. I don't see the problem here. Oh, hang on. Tip, a baked spud is cheap, nutritious, and can be cooked in a microwave in eight minutes. Frankly, if someone owns a microwave, then you know what I mean? That's like the height of luxury, that shit. Sell the microwave I mean, that, to buy food, what do you do with a microwave? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they should, yeah. Have, they should have pawned the microwave first they thing. Have, they should have sold the microwave and then their, their family pearls. Well, mm, that is exactly what they're going to go on to say. Um, so someone asked, what if you don't have enough income to pay for both a potato and the electricity to microwave it? Sell the assets. Use child benefit to buy food for the kids as it's designed. Don't eat yourself. And then when asked, what assets could, should you be sent, selling? D he says, handbag, perils, mobile, phone, or are also, they more important than feeding children? It is that, it is that yes. fucking guy, Jesus Christ. Also, yeah. don't eat you. Don't eat yourself. Like I, I genuinely can't tell whether he means like you shouldn't like cannibalize yourself or like you should go without food. This is, I mean, even when you know when people suggest that, there's a reason that you put your uh, oxygen mask on first and then the kids. Yeah, yeah. There's also like so. This always fucking gets me. It's the whole. I mean, Adam fucking Smith wrote about this. Okay, sorry to raise the tone slightly with from my previous incandescent rage, but Adam Smith wrote about essentially how a linen shirt is in what in one perspective people could call that the height of luxury, but how in all for all practical purposes it is a necessity to participate in modern society. And this is at the time Adam Smith was writing, so a good while ago, right? This whole idea that. You know, you could say, oh, you've got a linen shirt, you look like you're doing fine, but actually it's, you need a linen shirt to have any prospect of getting fucking employment, right? Um, and, like, Adam Smith was calling out this fucking bullshit back in the day. And it's just, it's moved through iterations, right? So that, you know, it used to be for a while, they're like, well, you've got a fridge. You've got a fucking fridge, you could sell a fridge. But if they clocked on that, okay, I think most people accept that you kind of need a fridge, maybe, Right. So now they're on fucking mobile phones. And it's yeah. like, oh, sell, sell your the mobile phone. It's TVs. Like, yeah, and it's like, <laughs> you, you motherfucker, do you think, right, I'm trying to get a job. What am I going to use to try and get that job? Oh, I know. I'll just pick up the old rotary and I'll, uh, you know, dial into the fucking website and send my applications in that way. No, you use a fucking phone. That's, that's the primary means of internet access these days is a mobile phone. I wouldn't be surprised to learn that the majority of attempted accesses, not successful, but attempted accesses to the job seekers website is through a mobile phone these fucking days. And these cunts like, yeah, sell your mobile phone, sell it. It's like, it's it's literally, you know, maybe they've just got some kind of special brain damage because it's the whole Tory thing of sell off the fucking infrastructure that generates the backbone 
of like your ability mm. to produce essentially no, they I, do that I, in office too so maybe maybe they're just fucking consistent i don't know every single every single one of these pricks is entirely and completely aware of the fact that a, a, a smartphone is like literally essential to functioning in the modern world do you know what i mean you, you basically yeah. like need it and you need to like even if it's pay as you go or whatever you still need one and you you can't you can't like apply for jobs and and survive without it basically <clears throat> they're, they're fully aware of that but it's a convenient catch 22 isn't it because like an iphone costs like several hundred pounds to buy brand new on the day of release <coughs> excuse me so if you see like you know what i mean if anyone can't feed their kids or they're like you know they can't like heat their house or anything like that you go well you've got a phone and you know, and and just just leave it there like that, and let everyone make the sort of like the the connection that yeah, they've got a phone. They're worth several hundred pounds at least. It, it's like these. This is a fucking thing that's most noxious about it. These cunts know exactly what they're saying, right? Yeah. They're, they're, it's just it's it's pure. It, they are they're fascists, right? There's no other fucking way I can say this. They they literally know that they're talking complete bollocks, but they don't care. It's just play to them. It's just it's say, making the right noises so the liberals titter and shake their head and wave their fists and do and their bony fingers and do nothing. Because to them, what's really going on here, what's going on with the Tory party, what's going on with their MPs, what's going on with their supporters, what's going on with these fucking arseholes on Twitter, is they're all basically thinking, I mean, kids who need help are going to grow up to be adults who need help. They're basically vermin, so we might as well just fucking murder them all. But we can't really do that, so we'll just starve them. Fuck them. That's that is that is the animus that drives their dark fucking hearts. It's actually worse than what you're saying because they're evoking a specific thing, right? They're evoking this fictional person who is on benefits, doesn't have a job, has eight kids, and the newest iPhone twenty six S. And obviously, this person doesn't exist, but the tabloids and general like right-wing media consensus has drilled this weird fucking stereotype into people's heads so much so when they say sell your phones that's what people go to that's what people think about it's like the american like republican party with uh, oh people on food stamps are buying lobster caviar and steak kind of thing ignoring the reality that you can't use food stamps to buy anything other than a pre-approved list specifically because of these Republican cunts. Just Oh no 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 no. I think you'll find free school meal vouchers in the summer went direct to uh crack dens and brothels. And that's according to Ben Bradley MP. I I I saw someone on Facebook the other day talking about how oh well yeah I mean like so and so um works in the co-op and someone was in trying to buy like cigarettes with the free school meal vouchers like a few months ago and it's like no they fucking weren't do you know what i mean yeah. that's like it's it's fucking bullshit like aside from anything else what like do you know what i mean like it's 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 this weird sort of thing where you go oh yeah you can't trust you can't trust the poor they're all shifty and like if you give them too if you if you don't like just constantly like fucking bear down on them and watch them like hawks they'll just take the piss if you give them money to live on but you don't make them like you know work 40 hours a week for that money like you know like workfare or whatever they'll they'll find a way they'll they'll exploit the system oh they're always exploiting the system they're all like clever and cunning and everything but at the same time they're too fucking stupid to figure out that like they should buy food with the free food vouchers and then the actual money they've got should they should buy tabs with 
Do you know what I mean? Unless people assume that they're 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 like spending all of the money and all of the vouchers on cigarettes and living on them. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just it's it's just all these fucking tales of oh like so and so saw some like no they fucking didn't. So and so's a lying cunt. Do you know what I mean? But it's it's very revealing of what they're really about because the whole reason they do this shit is they absolutely positively want to keep people ground into paste rather than give people enough free time and free space to start paying attention to the world and go, oh, hang on a minute, we should be demanding far more than we're getting. And that that's what lies behind a lot of this politically. And so they're actually being their most honest when they say, oh, you have to, you have to stay on top of the poor. They, they mean it quite literally. To stay on top of the poor, you have to do this shit. I, and just, Jesus... I, the the guy with the drug story is it, it blows my mind because like the the rye joke is of course he's posting from the future post Brexit when drugs will become the de facto currency in our barter economy and our collapsed <laughs> shell of a nation right but just it, I honestly think he believes it is the sad part I think the propaganda has gone that deep that he's kind of taken on that little part oh you yeah know? yeah yeah there's plenty of true believers it, it's it's harder for people to spot like it's so weird it's it's similar it's similar like the poor are scapegoated in a similar way to immigrants yeah but um you like the what you see with like the rise of ukip is that like there is actually you know what i mean there's there's not a problem with immigrants but to racists there is and it's visible do you know what I mean? So the government like spends years saying, "Oh well, yeah, you, you know your taxes are high, and there's crime, there's crime because of immigrants. Like you know, you can't like you can't get a house because the immigrants took them all, so on and so forth." And you know, racists go, "Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, we'd better vote for them. They're going to do something about the immigrants." But like you know, time passes, and eventually they notice that like. Well, you know, we've voted all these Tory governments in, and they all said they were going to come down hard on the immigrants. But you know, I still see Polish, I still hear Polish spoken in the post office sometimes. So we'd better vote for UKIP now. That like Nigel Farage seems much, much more angry, and like he might do something about it. And it's a similar thing with the poor, except that like nobody re like nobody's really like got any first hand experience of it. They're all just believing like shit from the Daily Mail. That like you know oh yeah yeah there's certain estates where like you can't go because like people are just knife you and take all your clothes and leave you dead and the police won't come like collect your body because they're too scared and it's well, like sorry, oh, where's that yeah and, yeah, and, yeah. You, and you go like where 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 like give us an example of where and they go oh, and it's like you just fuck it's just made up isn't it do you know what I mean the it's caliphate like, of Tower Hamlets we know this yeah you can't like you know what I mean you can't like open your windows in summer in London because foxes will get in and like tear your face off and shit do you know what I mean like you can't like, you can't go out on like can't go out for a walk on like an afternoon because like feral gangs of youth will like just like knife you and tear your face it, off it, it doesn't I mean the problem is they're fed this shit day in day out I mean you remember the big scandal with a particular council which I will avoid naming just in case had a problem with a paedophile ring um, which was is apparently like it was tied into a local taxi group, and there were a bunch of gentlemen who were essentially committing sex crimes, um, who were of Asian descent. I believe was the term that was used in the papers, um, yeah. and this has been you know the big it was turned into this big pedophile ring, and now all the fucking racists kind of yeah. go, oh look, this is them. We're over here fucking our kids and all this kind of shit, and the problem behind this is that the papers reported exactly like a third of the story and just left silence in place of the actual story, which is that the real problem 
is that these guys were being recruiters and procurers for young children to then ferry through their taxi company, yeah, to each other, but also Jimmy Savile style to the local elite. And the police were being pressured by the local elite to turn a blind eye to it in pretty catastrophic terms. And so you had people on the council, which I'm not naming, were almost certainly non-singles kids, as were, and this this part is, is recorded in places, a whole serious number of local property developers, right? They were the patrons behind the system. What ethnicity were they? I'm pretty sure they weren't all of Asian descent. In fact, I'm pretty sure the majority of them weren't of Asian descent. But yeah. strangely, that part gets left off. That part gets left off. That part gets left off because that part, like, doesn't isn't constructive to building a narrative of the police wouldn't arrest them because they were scared of being called racist. Exactly. Mm. It's, it's it's like you, it, at least with some of these narratives, right? You can sort of say, well, this is fucked up and this person is awful, but they've been made this way by the maliciousness of a propaganda state in you know one way or another. But when you get to the poor stories, and it's like, yeah, the same sort of things at play, but also. So it's 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 worse than that because at least with these propaganda stories of like you know the the racist garbage at least you can sort of cling to this idea of oh well i mean the reason why they're believing this shit is because they kind of they've got this kind of insidiousness where they look at people and go oh they seem a bit a bit alien to me i don't really understand them you know they've got those kind of like skin tone prejudices sort of thing but with these other stories it's like you literally it's it's people who are supposedly the same as you, great, you know, salt of the earth Britons, etc. And that shit doesn't matter. And it's really revealing the ugly truth, which is that it's all status poisoning all the way fucking down. You know, it's they want to hate people beneath them because the people beneath them make them on high. Just fucking garbage. Sorry, mm. I'm really fucking disgusted at this kind of shit. Um... It's just, it's absolutely mortifying in, in a literal sense. I feel like I'm fucking dying when I read this horse shit. Yeah. But I mean, but on the other hand, though, like, you know, we had rationing during the war and we were being bombed and everyone survived through that. So, like, you know, people should just harden up and feed their kids stones. You know what? I, I agree. Let's go back to wartime conditions. Let's institute a fucking planned command economy. Let's do that. Let's fucking ration everything. Let's let's do that, yeah? Let's go back. Oh, let's actually you know for sit a fact, down. You know for a fact we'd have rationing, but only for the poor. I mean, that's not terribly different to what we fucking had during wartime, if you dig into the records, but <laughs> pretend I didn't yeah. say that. Uh, well, shall we move on to a different topic then? One which Please, God, yes, slightly more welcoming. Um, like I can't, I can't even fucking make jokes about this shit. I don't know. Like, I, I, it's too raw, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The fuck was that ominous gong? <laughs> dinner gong. Gary <laughs> <laughs> Sandbrook's dinner's ready. <laughs> uh, is, it, is it Swan tonight, David? <laughs> The biggest plate of swan you've ever seen. Right, okay, let's move on to something different. Um, so, last night, um, the Socialist Campaign Group of Labour MPs released a pamphlet. Ooh, big news. It's like it's um, 1910 all over again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to these socialist pamphlets. Let's fucking go. Does it start yeah. with, there is a spectre haunting Europe? It doesn't, know. It starts quite weakly with, when the coronavirus hit earlier this year. Um... The whole thing just 
to give it a wee bit of context, is um, a collection of basically articles um, by members of the Socialist Campaign Group. I'm I'm sorry, David. I'm not a bitter ex-Labourite. Could you uh, could you clarify the the Labour Socialist Group, right, or Socialist mm-hmm. Labour Group? Is it mm-hmm. Socialist Campaign Group? Yeah. Social campaign group, cool. So that's Jeremy Corbyn and John McDonnell and Dan Abbott and others, right? Yeah? Yep, yep. There's about 40 of them. It's the No Keith's right. Club. Okay, <laughs> cool, cool. So uh, so this is going to have a lot of a lot of fairly solid policy in it, I'm imagining. It's like stuff that, you know, no one's, no one's thought of doing before, but in these desperate times uh, with the coronavirus, that's, it's going to be brand new stuff, right? It's going to be no. real fucking cutting edge. No, no, not really, no. Most of it is a rehashing of the 2019 manifesto, but in different words. Um, it's not as comprehensive as that. It more just kind of harks back to it at quite a few points. It does talk in some detail about some of the policies that they think would help with the, the current coronavirus pandemic shit, but it's, it's nowhere near as incisive as you would expect an actual set of policy proposals to be. It's quite woolly. Um, the whole thing reads a bit like, please, Keith, please, we had good ideas. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. It's 87 pages long, Um, so I've read through the whole thing, and I've taken some kind of Eight, choice 87, parts. 87 pages long? 87 pages long. That, and, and it's described as a pamphlet? It's a collection of articles. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's basically just a collection of articles. I'm just hung up on the fact you've read this like so quickly, and I'm just picturing you sitting there with blood oozing from the side of your head. Where when you got done, you picked up the power drill pie style and just like tried to drill the uh, the, the sad reality of the death of 2019 <laughs> out of your head. I'm just picturing them trying to put these up on the the little rack they have for pamphlets at like the doctors or whatever, and just like getting two on before the whole thing just comes off the wall. Do you know what this was like? It was a little light watching. Not your dog, someone else's dog, someone that you're not that close to, and watching their really old dog really struggle to get back out of bed for no reason at all, because it thought it heard something for the first time in about a week. Like that's that's what reading this is like. It's just it's kind of sad, but you're detached enough to know that you're not going to be the one that actually has to deal with. It. That's that's kind of how I was feeling with it the whole time. Um, so I thought what we'd do is we'd go through it. I'll focus on some bits in wider scope and in other bits I'm just going to kind of give the bullet points of what they will, if it's even really that relevant to anything. New things specifically we'll talk about. So the introduction is by Richard Bergen. It's it's kind of weak. Um, so he starts talking about, you know, the, the coronavirus pandemic is bad and the government response, bad. Fair enough, we, we expect that. He says, none of this is simply the failure of an incompetent PM, though. Of course, he is completely incapable of dealing with the challenge of the time. Instead, it's fundamentally the result of a sustained and determined stripping away of the progressive powers of the state over the past four decades, ever since Thatcher. Ever since Thatcher unleashed an era of neoliberalism and privatisation. The systemic failings are going to become even deeper in the coming months, as an unprecedented avalanche of job losses hits our communities. We should be in no doubt that the far right will step forth with their so-called answers to the multiple crises we face. More racism and more scapegoating. This this sounds like a trot paper. Does a little bit, yeah. However, what he's wrote there isn't wrong. 
Um, no, it's it's surprisingly more prescient um, than I was expecting, if I'm honest. So fair enough. My my thing, as I'm listening to you there, my thing that's in my head is who is this? Th- who is this for? Right? Yeah. Like, who is it for? Who who needs to know this? Who needs to be I told mean, this? I'm I'm going to ask you to keep that rolling around in your mind as you go through this stuff. It's for um, it's for future archaeologists. <laughs> it's, it's for it, it's for people wandering around the wasteland after like hard Brexit hits, and they come across like a cache, and they like they pick up the audio log, and they just hear coronavirus was less than optimal, and they kind of you know that it's a, it's the document that's going to give context to the pair of skeletons huddling next to an empty plate. That's like, that's what this clearly is. A distant future, like aliens will come like visit the ruins of Earth, and their CSI team will have to like piece together what happened. And they'll they'll calculate the trajectory of Britain just ever downwards until it assumed its final and ultimate form, which was two white people blaming each other for everything that was wrong. <laughs> I'm picturing like some fucking alien indie game developer will make a really like moving like wander simulator out of it, you know? Where you wander around a blasted hellscape of the British Isles, and at the beginning it pops up, this is based on real archaeological evidence, you know? Sort of like fall of Pompeii. It'll probably invoke like you know what happened at Pompeii as like a metaphor in the background as you're kind of going through it. It'll win some kind of alien awards, you know, and everyone will think oh it's very fucking moving, and uh, that'll be the net product of our our civilization, really. If any game developers want a an advance rip off an alien civilization, there's a chance. Get on it. Just cite us as a wee credit, and we'll be happy with that. Disco Elysium Two, this time with voices by Jamie. Oh. <laughs> right, okay. Um, I mean, what what we've got so far, fine. Like it's a reading of the current situation, fine. However, it goes on to say, given this, what are we as the Labour Party going to say about it? What are we going to do about it? Now, the first problem there is that he's assumed that the Labour Party is um, one entity that will act in unison, um, and you know pay any attention to the socialist campaign group and what the 40 out of 200 odd MPs has to say. We have a moral duty to fight for every concession possible. So again, quite a bit of low bar, really. We'll fight for concessions, we won't fight for anything. How is he planning on doing this? Well, that's again. You'll you'll discover this is a problem as we go through this. It doesn't really say. Um, it's you know, it's um rhetorically, rhetorically, it's like a bowl of very thin gruel. Is mm. what this comes off as. It's not really got any meat behind it. It's not got any kind of muscle or power. You know, like I, I was joking when I said, "Does it start with there's a spectre haunting Europe?" But it's not got any punch to it, does it? It it doesn't read like someone is grabbing you by the lapels and shouting in your face with urgency. No, do you know Instead what? Kinda... Do you know what? The next section, I'm reading ahead. The spelling out the alternative policies that the government should be pursuing is also an essential part for preparing to win in 2024. But and that's mm-hmm. good. This is also what you should be doing for coronavirus. I want you to tell me. Here's what we should do. Here's how we're gonna do it. Give a plan, and then even well, if the Tories, you know, put forward a sort of watered-down version of it, like they did between, well, essentially 2015 and 2019, like everything Corbyn said the Tories did two months later, then that's mm-hmm. still a win for us, right? Yeah. But I get yeah. the feeling that this isn't what's happening here. 
I think it's wildly optimistic of him to assume there's going to be a 2024, to be honest. (laughs) The problem here is that um, the the leader of the opposition was saying things then and the government was having to do them because it made the the party opposite look credible. Um, Keir Starmer's not going to do any of this. Like... It's, it would be mad if Keir Starmer was to listen to anyone in the Socialist Campaign Group given all of the previous. Um, so it says, he goes on after that to say, if we are to rebuild trust with voters we lost, then we have to demonstrate day in, day out that we are on their side and offer a better way forward for them. Factually true, however, so our party now needs to go beyond criticising the government's incompetence, which it has done well and has won the public argument over. And lay out the policies needed to defend people hit hard by this unprecedented public health and jobs crisis. Many of the sorry, ideas. Are we, sorry, David. Are we living in the same fucking reality as these people? No. Because right, okay. Not. I am. I, I we as we've been over many times. I'm not a Labour person, but they're straight up with a straight face saying, you know, cri- we've got to move beyond criticizing the government, which we have done well. Really? When? When has that happened? Give me an example. The closest I can come to is last episode when Keir Starmer finally took a fucking position because he was bounced into it. Yeah. Just, what the fuck? Maybe, maybe they think that they're saying it's like, it's like a collective, it's not the Labour Party as a we, it's a we as a people, like, and they're counting like uh, Marcus Rushford as people doing something. Mm, no, uh, I think we'll, I think they're talking entirely. They're talking entirely about the last manifesto, because the whole thing about we like you know um, the the done well and won the public argument was like last election, wasn't it? Corbyn said like you know even though we didn't win, we won the argument. Yeah, I think they're just there's, yeah, there's a lot of confusion here. They're just pretending that Keith like the whole Keith era hasn't happened. Not no, they're not they're not because um, like, it goes right, on well, straight from them. there. many of the ideas were in our 2017 and 2019 manifestos and Keir reflected many of them in his 10 pledges now these are the 10 (laughs) pledges which have all been proven to have been completely fucking broken already I forgot about the 10 pledges it's very very true because what is a reflection it's an image it's it's a projection of light it's a two dimensional construct that has the illusion of depth (laughs) alright slow the fuck down there Carl Sagan <laughs> if you wish to bake an apple pie, you must first write the Labour Manifesto, Jamie. From scratch, yeah. <laughs> is, is this more cooking tips from that major? <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. Oh, God, could you imagine the Keir Starmer equivalent of those fucking tweets, right? How like, much do you think, how mu- what, what pence value do you think that fucking major would put on Invent the Universe? I mean, it's, I'm just, for, for some reason, the it's free real estate gif has just popped into my fucking head there. <laughs> Our election defeat was not a reflection of those ideas, but a result of an election dominated by Brexit. Now is the time to build on those progressive policies, even to deepen them. So, yeah. Like, I don't really know what election defeat they're talking about there, if it's 2019 or the leadership one. Um... It, it's equally vague, so I don't know if that's a, a veiled dig, but I'm going to assume it's not, because they're quite careful to not really do that the whole time. Right, but like, now is the time to build on these progressive policies and even deepen them. Like, that that might be true, but which fucking party do they think they're in? Yes. Because I can't see Keith, like, 
fucking bothering to do anything other than, like, you know what I mean? Insisting well, children go back to the germ factories. Yeah, do you know, this yeah. is the thing, I, I was kind of, I was half joking when I was saying, can you imagine the recipes that Keith would put out, but, like, he does seem like the sort who, when he's finished of a day, he goes home and he has a nice big fucking meal and goes, oh, it's gone really well today. Yeah, the Tories have made a terrible misstep in uh, cancelling kids' dinners, and I think we can really exploit this going forward. And, like, the thought that, you know, it's it's bad because kids are going hungry doesn't enter into his fucking world. That's not how he sees it, essentially. I don't really know if he has his own thoughts. <laughs> I had this image while you were saying that of Keith sitting at the table with his newspaper and his, like, dinner, and <clears throat> his wife sort of standing off to the side, and the camera's, like, showing her his wife's face and Keith is behind her and as he's saying this she's just kind of moving her mouth and rolling her eyes <laughs> I think that's just your reaction to me saying stuff on the podcast generally to be honest being projected <laughs> through the image of Kia Starmer but sure let's go on right following the defeats for the left in the Labour leadership elections many have asked what does the left do now for me the priority for the whole Labour movement must be to <laughs> what is the, the point of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, the Sorry. priority for the whole labour movement must to be fo- must to be fucking hell. For me, the priority for the whole labour movement must be to force the government to change track through proposing bold, practical solutions and building the mass movements needed to win change. Now, again, yeah, but how exactly? The left has a leading role to play in this. We have to generate and push a united program of demands and action that we coordinate the whole left around good. The left in Parliament, bad. And in the unions, good. The party membership, eh. And social movements, good. The socialist campaign group of Labour MPs will play its role in building that alliance. He goes on to say basically just a bunch of shit the government's done wrong and a general idea of what they might do right. Um, Only progressives will fight for such an agenda, he says, which like, yeah, but you don't fucking inhabit a party of progressives anymore, so what are you doing? Um, some on the Labour left may feel despondent at recent political events, I understand that, but we don't have that luxury. People need to dust themselves down and get ready for a huge fight over the coming months to force the government to change track. Many lives and millions of livelihoods depend upon it. You're not going to do anything. You can't do anything I mean, from within Labour. He, I mean, he, he's right, there's going to be a big fight, it's just that the big fight is going to be internal to Labour, because there's absolutely no way for anybody to do anything to no, get the government no, to change track. The big, no, the big fight is going to be between the Labour front bench and the Tories, and it's going to be over, does the policy need to be quite that racist? Does the policy need to be quite that poor bait? And that's going to be it. That's going to be the big fight, because the Labour left is not going to get a look in at any of this. It's 40 MPs, yeah. it's less than 20% of the entire parliamentary party, and they've got fuck all say on anything now, because they've, they've basically all been rooted out of any shadow cabinet positions at this point. Yeah, like the, the Labour right isn't, and well, Labour moderate, or just Labour, let's be honest, are not yeah. going to make the same mistake twice. They got caught sleeping, and did everything they fucking could to make up for it. And they did it. They did it. Like, you know, they they successfully saw off of the uh, unexpected, you know, outflanking incursion. And now they are just going to do their level best 
to not just confine these people to the backbenches, that's like an interim kind of position, but longer mm-hmm. term, I honestly would not be surprised if they don't go about deselections at some point. Not, not soon. It's going to be after the memory of Corbyn has kind of died down a bit. There's going to be excuses for deselections will come in, but they're just they're very patient about it. I don't think you, as long need, as you can... don't need deselections. You just need for those people to naturally retire and replace them with stooges, right? Like it's not like they have act, any actual power. No, as that said, you could just leave them in place. You could like because they did that before. That's how Corbyn was still there after Blair. You can just take no action whatsoever, and it's fine. I think the problem though is they want to make sure that the future generations of fucking morons don't get caught sleeping. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of deselection action at some point, maybe 10, 15 years from now, just to kind of clear off the last of them. If we haven't sunk by then, then yeah, quite possibly. He says, over the coming months, members of the Socialist Campaign Group of Labour MPs will be campaigning on many of these issues. I hope this pamphlet is read and debated widely in the Labour and Trade Union movement and beyond. He hopes. Because that's all they've got now. Just piss into the wind and just hope it fucking hits something. That's all they can do. And that pretty much ends the introduction to it. Like I said, it's 87 pages. There's a fucking lot more. That would be a lot better, right? Just like, okay, so you're in a position where you can't do anything. Be bullshit as fuck. Demand. Yeah. Like, you know, like if you're gonna if you're gonna do this, then just real come out of it, firebrand. Like these are the policies we need to overcome. You know, like just really forcefully put it. And um, when you're ignored, at least that gives you a basis to then come back and go. I mean, we fucking called it, but that doesn't seem to be the intent behind this. That sounds too much like something approximating politics. So yeah, well. The boldness varies in this. There are points where it does actually sound a little bit bold. Like the next sections led in by John McDonnell is obviously on the economy. Um, one of the things that he says that needs to be done is, um, or he doesn't quite say needs to be done, but he advocates for it. Um, he cites the Bakers Union um, calling for the minimum wage to be increased to fifteen pounds per hour. Okay, good, good. They're also calling for a sectoral collective bargaining um, for that to come into the care sector as a a proof of utility for it to then be expanded mm-hmm. out further and they want a wider return of it in the public sector as well that's good that's again a lot of that's in line with but they're actually saying specifically the care sector should be the one because that's the one that needs it right now um yep. they've also got a, a minimum income guarantee okay you've got my attention let's hear it a minimum income guarantee of 221 pounds a week we've also got a call for a marshall plan um for climate change which has been tossed in there. God, when you, like, when you said that, I, I, my brain just cut out at a call for a marshal. I'm like, yes, good. Send the commissars in. This is the time kind of thing. And uh, yeah, okay, marshal plan. Sure. Let's learn from the Americans. Why not? Yeah. Um, the next section is Rebecca Long-Bailey. She talks about the Green New Deal. Held that. It was in the manifesto. So they're hitting, all the, they're, they're hitting the old classics is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, then... The, they are. Like I say, it's quite mixed. Some of it's just reheat that manifesto and then other bits, it's actually new stuff that's building on it or totally new. The next part's new because it's relevant to the furlough scheme. Um, so Mick Whitley, um, in a call to stop the jobs massacre, calls for companies that took advantage of the furlough scheme to repay the money that they were given if they go down the route of redundancies. Excellent, I like that. Mm-hmm. Industries 
should restructure themselves across their existing workforce through the introduction of a full-day working week. The full-day working week is... You can't really... A lot of industries, you can't really do it just on your own. You need it to be like an industry-wide thing. You know what I mean? Yes, and, like, and that's... Keep that in mind, because that's going to come back and bite in a minute. There's also a thing there about um, socially responsible support packages, so government support and loan should also be converted into equity, um, granting the public a stake in affected companies, ensuring that recovery packages put people at their heart. Um, again, that that touches again on manifesto stuff. Now, Clive Lewis has a bit on sustainable economics. Um, it's It's mostly just reading things as they are and not really putting anything big out there. Um, and largely talking about the Labour Party having to build alliances with other political movements, including any political parties prepared to weaken the power of capital. Now, can you think of any political parties with any relevance whatsoever that are attempting to weaken the power of capital? Ah, uh, I mean, oh God, God help me for saying this. Um, so here's a little story, right? You, you, you're probably looking at me going, ah, here's James is about to say the Scottish Greens, and uh, I wish I was. Do you know this weekend just passed was the Scottish Green Party Conference? They held it online. And I didn't, this is the first one in years I didn't bother going to or logging on to, I suppose, because, like, really, I can't, I can't be fucked this year. And uh, I heard that a constitutional motion was voted on that was going to change the constitution to say the Scottish Greens are a socialist party, just straight out there. And I was like, all right, I'll be interesting to see. Pretty sure that won't pass, though. Turns out it came to a voting session and a majority voted for it, but it fell short of the two-thirds majority required to amend the constitution. Damn. And I think that, in a nutshell, describes the current state of the Scottish Green Party, who are the mm. leftmost, like, of the... Like, okay, obviously Labour has a left contingent, who I respect, but um, the Scottish Greens, in terms of, like, actually intending to make political change the scottish Greens are probably the leftmost like major asterisk party in the uk and mm -hmm. even they are kind of balking at calling themselves a socialist party how so do, how do you put eat the rich in your party broadcast and then not have enough people vote on calling yourself a socialist <laughs> party yeah now, now you know the smart ass comment would be well james clearly you should have gone along and voted in that but it's like uh no like not really actually because the Greens, and this is a problem of Greens globally, the Greens have this issue, which I said on Sinan's stream, where being green doesn't actually really mean anything. It doesn't really mean anything, you know? Being green is saying, oh, I like the environment. And it's like, no shit, right? Okay, most people, if you press them, will say, yeah, I like trees, okay? I'm in favour of trees. Trees are a thing that are good. But it doesn't actually have any like stringent kind of backing to it. It doesn't have yeah. a, a, a real grounding. You can go read the, the major green manifesto. Sorry. Um, what's it called again? The international green. Um, th there's like a, a pledge thing that all the green parties are signed up for. I'll, I'll figure it out and I'll reply to the pod with it. But essentially, right. You read that and it's got the tenants that we all agree to. And it's got like ecological wisdom. And it's like, oh, okay. That's <laughs> some new age bullshit. Yeah, basically. And so that's why you get parties like the American Green Party, which are hysterically funny, 
Um, you get parties like the German Green Party, you know. Um, you get the Irish Greens, who, fair play, fair play to my party, the Scottish Greens, they did pass a conference motion to say, hey, Irish Greens, you fucking suck, basically, um, because of their bullshit they've done recently with uh, voting alongside the rest of their government coalition to seal the records of the investigation into the Catholic Church's abuses in a particularly egregious case. So, like, you know, you, you have this constellation of Green Parties, of which I genuinely think the Scottish Greens are probably the most far left. But even the Scottish Greens, like when push comes to shove, a majority are in favour, but not an overwhelming majority are in favour yeah. of socialism. And at the time, like, you know, it came up, there were conversations on Twitter and various other places of actual Scottish Green Party members going, I don't think we need to call ourselves a socialist party, though. I just think it's bad optics. And it's like, yeah, yeah this, is, this is what you're working with. And it's part, it's part and parcel of the problem. Like, are there any major parties out there looking to fundamentally challenge capitalism? I don't think so. No, there's not. I think the Scottish, I think the Scottish Greens have some policies which would be great if they were implemented, um, but I don't think it's quite at the... You know, it's, it's like that old-style image um, where there's a, a priest... There's an old drawing, a priest is pointing at a tree going, some of these branches are terrible, away with drunkenness. And then there's a fucking socialist union worker hacking with an axe at the base of a tree going, no, the axe must be laid at the root of a tree. And the root of a tree is capitalism and landlordism, right? Um, it's like, yeah, that, that's the problem I see. Like, there isn't that real root willingness to go, okay, we, we need to tear the whole system down. Instead, yeah. it's like, okay, we need to raise taxes on the extremely rich. And I'm there for that. That's great. That's good. And I am very proud that the Scottish Greens have good policy. But it's it's far short, in my view, and only my view, of the kind of revolutionary kind of approach that's justified under our current circumstances. So, yeah, good fucking luck, Labour Socialist Group. Um, even your own fucking party isn't in favour of undermining capitalism. Yeah. And th this is the thing, like, they know fine well that a political party on the left in Parliament that was committed to that would actually be really useful. Like, that's an admission there that that would be really useful for them to have yep. something to work with. Are they, do you think they're basically saying, hey, someone make a party start to do well, do well enough that we can all jump ship to it? Do you think that's what's, what's coded in that very quietly? That's a pretty tall order. Yeah. No. Oh. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move on. And, and well, what's the what's <laughs> the alternative that they expect the Lib Dems to write to the uh, the rescue? Lib Dem feedback. I'm just I'm just imagining fucking Charles Kennedy crawling out his grave, Lib Dem claw clawback kind of shit. Mm. Uh, mm. He wasn't even that fucking left. That's the depressing thing about it. No, he wasn't. Like, but then against Tony Blair, he was basically Lenin. Do we do we still have Lib Dems? We do. Yeah. Three or four. I've just, I've just by... not not heard anything about like I, it's like fucking Ed Fred West or something. Ed Davy. Oh. oh, there was a, <laughs> there was a poll recently where the Greens got a higher percentage than the Lib Dems. Yeah, I think I think the so here's my prediction for the the midterm chart of English politics. Right, Scotland different story, but English politics. I reckon the Lib Dems are dead. They just they're a dead party walking. They'll hang on in Scotland with the weird crofter and the Highlands and Islands and their blood sacrifices to the old gods kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But in England, I think the shy Tory vote has just gone fuck it and gone Tory. 
and the ones that haven't gone Tory, the ones who are like, you know, they're like hand-wringing liberal vote, then are all back in Labour, right? And then the people who are left over, the kind of crusty libertarians and others, I think they go to the Greens. Um, I think they kind of, they look around and go, well, we're not getting anywhere with this. And well, the Greens seem like they're somewhat sensible and not too, you know, socialist. And I think they jump onto the Green Party of England and Wales, essentially. And I, think, I think someone will find like an enchanted fucking sword in a lake and become the next Nick Clegg. <laughs> it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an enchanted sword as a thing i'm with you on the finding something in a lake and b- receiving the power of nick clegg but it won't be it, it, it won't be, be a sword. sword it wouldn't be principles yeah yeah no it'd be something <laughs> like a, a wet lib dem lying leaflet about electoral chances can't win here like someone <laughs> pulls one of them from the pool and uh that's it you know an enchant an enchanted air rifle like plus three versus squirrels <laughs> Someone finds an orange book in a puddle. Yes. I mean, what image really is better to describe the Lib Dems now? I'm just now picturing, like, there'll be a pair of very short men with hairy feet who go out boating, and one of them falls in the river, and just at the bottom he glimpses this strange orange object is just kind of glimmering at him, and he pulls the book out with him, and then gets into a fight with his mate who fucking murders him, and uh, unfortunately that's what happens when you go boating with Vince Cable. (laughs) that one is for all you Tolkien fans out there enjoy I thought you were doing Game of Thrones (laughs) I mean you know it is derivative right okay no we're off track enough I'm going to move on with this fucking pamphlet so um, by the way in case you didn't we are yes and you'll fucking like it alright fuck me is the far to go um, no, because a lot of this stuff I can actually just move through. Is there a, is there a motorway services the between here and the end of the pamphlet? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to stop can over for a Can we stop Abida? But like, I know, I know that the Tories have withdrawn like food for children, but you're really making a meal out of this, David. Oh, <laughs> boo! Oh, hey. Yeah, whilst choking right, the fucking that. pod. At least we got it out of the way. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Right. Um. On social security, you've got Aspana Begum. Um, she says that um, basically you see's bad. Get rid of it. All the usual stuff. Um, there is a, a, a nice wee bit in there that I hadn't. At least if I seen it, I couldn't remember it. But it's quite cool. Is community language services? Okay. Yeah. So it's just it's making kind of community based educational services to teach languages that are spoken in the local area. So if there's a, you know, you, you say you've got a high uh, population of uh, Chinese people, then it's perfectly reasonable and really should be expected that there's some effort for Mandarin to be taught to people in that area. I'm just picturing the great British public deciding, yeah, you know oh, what, yeah, I'm going to yeah, go yeah. along it's, it's to get lessons in. Yeah, but it's a good idea. It's just one of those ones idea. that seems so far out of reach because, yeah, it'd, when yeah. you consider who it'd the be British a good public idea. are. It'd be a good idea if we lived on a normal planet populated by normal people. We do live <laughs> do in a normal island, I mean? though, so... We, we do, but, I mean, fuck, that's, that's like, this is some theoretical physics bullshit, this, like, you know what I mean? First, <laughs> assume a perfectly spherical populace and then teach them Mandarin without them, like, fucking flipping their shit. Ah, yeah, I see you've read the Scottish Green Party's policy reference document, Jamie. 
<laughs> yes, very much so. Oh, yeah, so it, it's one of those ones. It's a really cool idea. Um, it's it's way the fuck out there, but it's nice that it's actually been included in with other policies that you know do seem more attainable. If you know what I mean, like it's nice. I don't to see think it is. I don't think it's good. It would be a good policy if it was, but I think including it is just sort of asking for trouble. Yeah. It's like it's just like getting people. It's it's inviting people to just go. Oh, fucking free broadband! So, so story time. <laughs> right in, I can't believe they saw the reaction to free broadband. You and you know what you should put in this fucking manifesto: community yeah, language they, services. They, they genuinely they should. What they should have done? Manifesto. With, this is just a pamphlet. Free broadband is <laughs> well, also included in this section, by the way. <laughs> Well, here's the thing with broadband, right? What they should have done is they shouldn't have said free. They should just said we'll nationalise broadband and yeah. uh, make sure that the costs reflect the you know and all the rest of it, and then just done it, just done yeah. free broadband when they're in office, right? Uh, it's like you know, so story time. Scottish Greens a few years ago conference were voting on policy to be included in our policy reference document, which is a uniquely green thing we have in the Scottish Greens. It's a document that contains policy that Scottish Green Party Conference has said, this is our policy base. If you're making a manifesto, start here. You don't just get to conjure things out of the ether, essentially. Mm -hmm. So it's very democratic in that way. And yeah, okay, cool. So we're, we're having this and um, the agenda of the conference comes round and we're looking at the titles of the different motions. And one of them is on spaceports, right? Mm. Spaceports. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, now, can mm -hmm. you imagine which one the media, when they got hold of this, decided to hone in on? Right? Was it our policy on public transport? No. Was it our policy on Wait, clean were water? The, were the spaceports no. not part of public transport? Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> no. And so here's the funny thing. When it actually came to pass, it was a fairly reasonable... Like, the guy was like, okay, so the reason I brought a motion to conference on this is no shit. I got a media inquiry as to our position on it because Richard Branson has been talking about building a spaceport in the Highlands and Islands. And so, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. I figure we should actually have a fucking policy on this, even if it's ridiculous. So, and we're all sitting there going, yeah, I guess fair enough. I mean, if we're being asked questions about it, sure. But the fact that got out to the media meant that anything else didn't really matter. That's the one they focused on. And that was unintentional. And that was just like the party having a private conversation, essentially. But putting in free broadband or putting in let's offer language courses to, you know, teach people Polish and Mandarin. And it's like, this is the exact example of what you don't do. You've got to meet the electorate where they are psychologically. You've got to look at the Overton window and you've got to go, what's the furthest left we can pull this that they'll still find credible? Because that's what the Overton window is about. The Overton window isn't what the media reports on. The Overton window is, what do you think the public will actually find credible? What do you think they'll actually say, oh, that sounds quite good, actually, rather than go, no, that sounds far-fetched, that sounds lunacy. It doesn't matter how true and good your policy is. It doesn't matter how eminently doable it is. It doesn't matter how feasible it is. You have to pick something the public actually goes, yeah, I can believe in that. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't see any conversation about that. And like I say, it would, it would be nice. It would be a nice idea, but I can't imagine any conversation you have with that with the public that doesn't end with them bringing up Sharia law. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to get bogged down in it. Like we said, it's a cool policy, but like it's kind of out there. Um, there's a little passage in this bit as well that says, um, we need to mobilise a movement from the bottom up that can defend what we have won and demand even more. 
to explain why the Labour Party can deliver for people, because it has before and it will again. It will take local campaigns as well as a national fight back and it most definitely will take some challenging conversations even within our own party. I am up for it, are you? Here's a challenging conversation. What have you won for me lately? Yes. Sure start centres. That was recent, right? And it was also sure. like the be all and end all of policy as well. Um, mm -hmm. The next section is um, race, class and Black Lives Matter. I'm not going to bother with any of it because Diane Abbott wrote it. So you know it's pretty much just going to be good. Um, and it's, again, anything policy-wise in there is just... Labour Manifesto stuff, get rid of the detention centres, all that kind of stuff, end the hostile environment. Generally just good. Nothing really to say. It's stuff we know about. Um, I was just going to say again, though, like, you know what I mean? You, you can't bring any of that up without, like, a conversation yeah, turn at yeah, the Sharia yeah. law. Yeah. It's doubly um, so, especially if, it's, especially if it's written by Diane Abbott, like, because you know how much <laughs> the fucking headbangers love Diane Abbott. Well, the benefit is that it's buried in an 87-page long pamphlet that none of those people are actually going to read. Well, I mean, that's true. I will say, just to, I feel it's worth clarifying for any listeners who are wondering, right, you do sometimes have to stake out a position that is out in the wilderness, and you do it on things which are matters of fundamental principle, like, for example, Black Lives Mattering. That's yes. something where you stake a position and drag people around to you. The nuance is when it's concerning individual policies that aren't quite that stark, that aren't mm -hmm. quite that, you know. So, like... I, I, when I'm saying, oh, you have to meet the public where they are, I don't mean you have to meet them with racism, which is what the, <laughs> yeah. ironically, what the controls and immigration mug lot do. Yeah. Right. Yes. I'm saying that you do it on the policies which aren't matters of principle, but are matters of like implementation and pragmatism and things yeah. like that. So just, just to be crystal clear, because I don't want anyone to see you What you're basically saying is that, like, you know, the right thing to do is the opposite of what the Labour right do. Basically, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's been proven time and time again. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. Dude. Okay. So defending migrants' rights to defeat the far right. This is Bill Ribeiro Addy's section. Does any, any of this involve crowdfunding a, a lorry full of guns? No, no, <laughs> no. It doesn't, unfortunately. Well, I mean, it should. I mean, it's... Oh, that would be the best ring, way to defend ring, ring. migrants from the far right, I think, is a lorry full ah. of guns. Sorry, I think uh, that's prevent on the line. They're asking for your address, uh, Jamie. <laughs> oh, right. So that, this this whole article section is actually is pretty good. Um, again, it's quite light on what to do. However, it's it's a it's a solidarity article basically. Um, so it shits on Tommy Robinson, Trump, Orban, Bolsonaro, and um, the media as well for the way that it treats migrants. Um, there is a wee snipe at Milibandira Labour. Um, we became resigned to the idea of not being tough enough on immigration. We even had the mugs to prove it. But the fact is, we simply cannot out Tory the Tories. Good. Someone in Labour said good. it. That's good. No one else in Labour will listen to them, but still, good someone said it. Also talks about the need to be unabashedly pro-migrant rights while fighting the idea that migrants drive down wages that's present within the left, so that's even better. There's some self-awareness of the fact that that is a problem on the left. Ideal. Good stuff. This unequivocal opposition to austerity and racism cemented under Jeremy Corbyn's leadership of the Labour Party is the path we must continue down. It is ultimately the remedy that our society needs. He's not the leader anymore. Like, yeah, I, nobody's aware of that. Fucking well, no, the media certainly fucking isn't. Um, right, 
Next step is Jeremy Corbyn's. For global rights, peace and justice. This is obviously just, it's all... This is the stuff that lost him the election, right? Actually, funnily enough, not because um, any polling about the kind of foreign policy ideas that Jeremy Corbyn had were actually when you didn't attach the name Jeremy Corbyn were really favourable. Um, yeah, but the the problem was the media portrayed it as Jeremy Corbyn cares as much for foreign lives as he does for British lives, and yeah, that which played is wrong. really, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, the very idea. Yeah, again, this this also reads a bit like a kind of solidarity piece. Um, there's a little bit on like trade policy shouldn't be um like based on ignoring things like uh, the pollution of the the countries that we're trading with etc and their environmental regulations so that's all stuff that should be brought in to consideration that's good um a strategy for peace throughout the middle east requires the focus of all governments to recognize the rights of all peoples full recognition of palestine and an end to the occupation um, he calls out US-backed coups in South America. Um, there's the usual don't like NATO type stuff as well, but specifically as a new thing there, um, advocation for a stronger World Health Organization and free and universal access to healthcare across the world with the, obviously he can't do that, even if he was Prime Minister he couldn't do that, but the international aid budget specifically should be pushed towards that. I love like, that. I- it's it's a it's a good idea, but like Jamie said before, Again, it's a good yeah. idea for an alternate reality. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a mention by Claudia Webb of community food plans. Sorry, correction. Um, by Ian Byrne, um, of community food plans. Um, local food networks, including markets, community gardens, shops, and kitchens, and a focus on food education. I can't again. I can't remember that being in the manifesto. So that's something else there that's new on. Making house in a public right, um, local authorities need to be given powers to expropriate properties when the limit is breached. Um, there's five-year fixed-term tenancies, um, extended eviction notices to three months, and reversing the criminalisation of squatters, and also a limit of property ownership under any one landlord, agency, or property developer. So there's some good stuff in Woo! there. Sorry, right. Yeah, that one I'm very firmly on board with, and I think the public would be on board with too, ironically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as long as you don't say what on... the limit is <laughs> yeah, <one>. well <laughs> <laughs> well on that actually the next part I did want to bring up was um, a part by um, Landlord Russell Moyle <laughs> so on creating 21st century public ownership he says moreover from the public's perspective whilst doctors and teachers are not viewed as civil servants their main interaction with recognisable government officials is really perceived to be positive it may be the parking attendant giving them a ticket, the police officer stopping and searching them, or the bureaucrat losing their forms, sanctioning them on benefits, or the housing officer who lets them rot in damp, dangerous accommodation. We know much of this is because of underfunding, and we must bring trust back into the government and pride into those frontline public services. But we must also understand that government control of industries has not always filled the public with confidence. What it's a, a fucking bit, idiot. Yeah, yeah, fatal misunderstanding of the issues that people have there, especially with that stop and search bit. Like, that's not underfunding. It's designed to do that. Yeah, I love that he's like, the stuff that's designed to be awful is the fault of underfunding. But the stuff that's <laughs> actually underfunded, like teachers and doctors, are not viewed as civil servants. 
Yeah. Yeah, everyone fucking hated British Telecom. They, they just thought it was the worst thing ever. Let's not analyse why that became an opinion that some people held. Let's not look at what was going on around British Telecom that got it to that state. Let's just accept at face value that sometimes government-run stuff is shit. Uh, yeah, no, sounds great. This sounds like a yeah. brilliant titan of a thinker. Yeah, um, there is some good stuff in his section, in fairness, um, about co-op specifically and like making sure they're kept under worker control and making them easier to set up. But it's, again, mostly Manifesto 2019 stuff. Tahir Ali, in a programme for radical local government reform, um, wants a simplification towards unitary authorities, which obviously we already have in Scotland, but they don't, they don't have in England. Um, Council should run local buses, trains, stations, and telecommunications infrastructure, either themselves or through local franchises and licenses, which I don't remember seeing uh, in that much detail um, in the manifesto. Seems a bit... Uh, this is extremely, again, good idea in principle for another yeah. fucking reality. Yeah, yeah, I would not yeah. want anything approximating our current council structure to be running our fucking telecoms. Like, I don't no. want potholes in the internet, thank you very fucking much. <laughs> yeah. Bring back the regional councils. Um, <laughs> I think I the glorious communist track line will rise again. I will again. never shut up about it. Um, <laughs> right, okay, so the final couple of sections here. Um, our values and theirs. This is John Trickett. Starts off by asking the question, how does our party win the next election? This ought to be our sole preoccupation. Well, kind of. Jamie, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long one and you're going to fucking like it <laughs> you've, you, you've had your fucking crackles that were you moaning about <laughs> he's, what, the problem is right the kid in the back seat has ran out of wine guns and he's now just whining <laughs> oh fucking hell right how does our party win the next election this ought to be our sole preoccupation Showing that the opposition party is more competent slash professional is a necessary condition for being re-elected, but it will not win the election. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, okay, that's that's kind of obvious, like, we know that. However... So is he basically decrying haircutism? Well, almost, right, this is the thing, he, that, Trickett almost goes as far as doing that. He says, on, on the number of thoughts as to how to proceed, the first is that Boris Johnson and his cabinet simply assume that they are born to rule. They don't need to do detail. They think that their inherited position gives them the right to govern. This idea resonates very strongly in the public mind and could be used by our party. Equally, there is an addition to the born to rule assumption, and this is that they think that the rest of us as plebs who are there largely to be governed. Again, this argument resonates in the country as a whole. It raises the notion of a divided society ruled from a closed circle, a privileged elite in Westminster and the City of London. There is an obvious link between the born-to-rule assumption and lack of competence. Labour, therefore, can and should pivot from incompetence into this wider argument, which then lays the ground to say that we will construct a society built on entirely different values. Now, John, have you considered the leader of your party is a fucking knight of the realm? I was just gonna say, does this not does this not also include all of you? Like, uh, yeah, to some degree, yeah, a lot of people do just assume politicians born to rule and they don't think about it any further than that. But the fact that you've got a guy whose first name is Sir, like, no, that argument isn't going to fucking work with any real effectiveness. Um, right, though, Keir has been. 
clearly effective at the dispatch box. Like this isn't even it's a good idea in an alternate reality. This is yeah. we are actually in an alternate reality. <laughs> Labour is not yet cutting through in the vital demographic groups. Forensic, in quotes, forensic questioning at PMQs or beating the drum at competence will not hack it unless these tactics are anchored in a strategic vision. That's true. David, did you get this did you get this pamphlet from a set of sliders by any fucking chance? <laughs> what did the Keir country needs, this section? <laughs> what the country needs is inspiration. Labour's task is to widen our assault on the nature of Tory Britain beyond commenting on admittedly woeful process issues. Again, yes, correct. We should deepen our understanding of the communities which we left behind. Yes, correct. But above all, okay. we need to show that there is a way through to a better country based on our values of social justice and building a productive, dynamic economy in all the regions of Britain. You can't do that because you're not going to do any of that. Like It keeps falling over on the same point where none of this is going to be listened to. Now, there's uh, one final part. Well, there's, there's a penultimate part by Ian Lavery about community organisation, join a union, etc., etc. That's really all there is. And then there's this wee section on lessons for the left from Wales. Okay, right. Yeah. You so, got my attention. Yeah. So, it, the, gist, the, the general gist of it is devolution good, Barnet formula bad. Right, which you can agree <sighs> to some degree that that is that there is truth in those statements, regardless of where you sit on it. The Barnet formula is oh. not really a perfect representation of anything that doesn't really do people many favors, and devolution is better than just the standard direct rule because it's closer to some form of localism. So, fair enough. Now, sorry, the the whole the Barnet formula bad thing is definitely a ah, huge asterisk. Like, what exactly do you mean? Bad in what ways? Because that can be taken and used in a variety of different contexts. Like, the Tories think the Barnet formula is bad. I think that because this is coming from a Welsh context, I can't remember exactly how this works out, but I think Scotland generally does better off on the Barnet formula than Wales does, doesn't it? Pass. I don't know Welsh politics. Yeah, I'm sure sure there's a, a... a kind of weird thing about how it's worked out and it's worked out differently although it's the formula is worked out differently and it comes out with wildly different kind of things for Wales um, anyway there's a little section in this um, that says what this lesson teaches us is that we cannot be complacent and we must always be reaching out to the people we represent we need what we are doing as politicians to become more relevant to the daily lives of people and give them the opportunity to be a part of the political process I am calling for Labour to establish a constitutional convention to create a new structure for the UK based on the Union of Nations, a Union of Equals, a federal structure which recognises that the present structure is no longer relevant if it ever was and needs urgent reform to take into account the needs of all four nations of the UK on an equal footing. It's basically the, the Richard Leonard do the federalisation mm. bit, but from a different direction. If that's picking up some steam, fair enough, okay. That is a that is a solution that would have been great to have proposed and debated back in twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff in there as well about the fact that um, basically there's a requirement for a constant level of activism. Without that connection to politics directly and actually feeling that people have some sort of access to it, that's only going to fuel the idea of nationalist parties, which will take advantage of that within the devolved assemblies. Um, in parliaments 
it's it's there. It's actually probably that section. I've not done really any justice with a small part of it I've read out there. I would have a look at it because it is the closest thing I have seen to Labour being able to read the situation currently, at least in Scotland, although this is coming from a Welsh perspective, as accurate of what they need to be doing to actually maybe claw something back. Um, but obviously there's all the caveats around that as well with you actually need some fucking policies that are going to be different and good. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, I don't mean to drag up the dreaded Scott Paul, but the way the, mm. the fucking, you know, all the the surveys and polls have been going lately, I think the, the, the horse is well and truly bolting at this point. Uh, yeah, this may um, well be a lesson learned too late. It may well be. But yeah. no, the fact that they've actually been capable of learning some of the lessons at least is at least nice to see that they got there eventually. This is the fucking thing about Labour, which I've felt in my bones for a very long time, which is they're great at learning lessons about eight years after they would have been useful. It's yeah. like, it's, you know what, there's, there's not, we say foresight is a virtue, hindsight isn't really. Mm. Um, especially if that hindsight doesn't inform your future activity, which, as you've said repeatedly, this won't. Like, no one's going to listen to this. Yeah. Right. That's it. Basically, that is the whole thing um, boiled down. Um, you can, if you go find the Socialist Campaign Group's Twitter, there's a link to it there if you really want to sit and read through it. If you want, um, Sinan is going to be doing a stream, um, twitch.tv forward slash SK the Crusader. Just keep an eye on the stream. If it's already past the point when we get this out, go check the VOD for a more in-depth discussion of it. Now, since we're done with that, how about we round this off with a little game of comment or commentary? I guess. That's the yeah. sound of true enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's, like, it, it's like we've all, you know, we, 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 we kind of finally pulled off the road and Dad has turned around and said, all right, who wants to go to Little Chef? And it's like... Suppose. Yes, all right. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. the like, fuck's a Little Chef? Oh, don't. It's, it's too cursed. You won't like it. Yeah, we have such sights to show you. <laughs> Do they even exist anymore? I think um, they might have gone bankrupt, didn't they? They might have, yeah. I'm, I'm going to Google it now. Which I'm not surprised, because the nickname for them used to be a Little Thief. Because um, they're basically roadside diners that charged exorbitant amounts. Um, and it's a shame, because I actually have quite fond memories of going into Little Chefs when I was a kid. Um, but, yeah. like they, um, they closed in 2018, apparently. Oh. Ah, rip. Uh, rip. Thatcher's Britain. Right, let's move on to comment or commentary. Supposed, supposedly a lot of them have been replaced with Harry Ramsden, so you, you're bound to get better value for money there than fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus. Was that with, is that six chips or are they still on 12? <laughs> <laughs> the, thing, the thing that always fucks me up oh, about like, British chain restaurants is Wimpy still exists. Yes, it does. I don't yeah. understand. It's like in defy. If you ever want proof that economics is bullshit and capitalism <laughs> is not based on anything approximating merit, behold the wimpy. <laughs> oh man, the wimpy! Fucking hell! Right, let's get on with uh, let's get on with comment or commentary, and then we can all fuck off. How about that? And then you too, the listener, can also fuck off, and you'll be glad for that after this long. So, first one. It is simply untrue that swarms of parents won't feed their kids over the holidays unless the state provides them with grub. Parents find a way. They love their children Ooh. and they make things work, whether through using individual initiative. Oh, I've, I've, well, that's, that's all you're getting because I've cut off the rest of that and I can't be asked to go find it again. 
comment or commentary at? The commentary. Commentary at Guardian. Mm-hmm. Suzanne mm-hmm. Moore. Mm. Commentary. Commentary at Telegraph is my thinking. Do we have? Do we have to name where we think it's from now? No, Go it's for just it. for. Get a point. Get just a point. Go. Uh, the Times. Nah, it's none of them. It was Commentaria. It was in Spiked Online, and it was Brendan O'Neill. Oh, oh, for fuck's sake! Like the worst ever possible Prime Minister was Jeremy Corbyn. The fact that Labour took leave of its senses and made such an obviously hopeless offer to the nation is why we are saddled with Johnson and a stonking Tory majority. This useless administration oh, fuck, fuck is as much a result is. of Labour's failures as the Conservatives. <laughs> Comment or commentary. Fucking, it, fuck them for using the word stonking, honestly. What do they think this is? <laughs> fucking junior school. It's, uh, it's common because of the use of the word stonking is what I was thinking. Comment. Could be a... Uh, Man of the People commentariat as well, but I, I think it's a comment as well. Comment BBC News. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm gonna say comment, but I genuinely don't give a fuck. Point <laughs> 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 That was a comment, and it was in the Guardian. Sounds about right. I thought that was honestly a little too a little too far right for the Guardian, but I guess the entire country is going fast, so. Who cares? Well, yeah, right, the has been pushed in that direction for the entirety of Corbyn's leadership, so it's unsurprising we're at this yeah. stage now. Yeah. Right. Most of our debts are held by UK pension funds and the Bank of England, and our credit rating is solid. We are fortunate not to be a part of the Eurozone and can run our own money and can run our monetary and fiscal policies to suit our needs. Above all, Jeremy Corbyn is not in charge. However, we criticize this government. He would have been infinitely worse. Commentary. Commentary. And again, I'm going. I'm going Telegraph, but I feel a bit more confident this time. Mm-hmm. Commentary. Why not? It was commentary, but it was Ruth Sutherland in the Daily Mail. Oh, right. Okay. Sure. Economics 101. If you subsidise something, you get more of it. If you make it easier for Comment. bad parents to be bad parents, you will get more bad parents. Comment or commentary. Comment. Comments. Comment. Comment. Yeah. Comment. Yeah. Daily Mail again. Comment. <laughs> Thanks, thank you. Right, and the final one. The idea of a profit is one that the left are unable to get to grips with. It is outside their radar. And a profit is what Peterson is of our modern times. Comment <laughs> oh, or commentary. <laughs> Fuck you! Just oh, fuck you, dude! Yeah. Fuck How you, podcast's you? over. Time to go home. <laughs> right, yeah, just, what the fuck? We did not sit through all of this for this kind of abuse at the end. <laughs> go on, comment or commentary it. No, fuck you! No, no. I, I, I am on strike. I protest. I refuse. I refuse. I'm like, like you know, right? You know all those lib fantasies about standing up and saying, "Good day, sir." I refuse. I'm doing that. Fuck you, David. How dare you? How dare you, sir? Comment. <laughs> Jamie, are you alright? Have you got a guess? <laughs> Oh, fuck me. Um, what was the question? <laughs> it was comment oh, or commentary. <laughs> let's, let's say, hopefully, fucking comment. Like, Jesus Christ. 
It's obviously coming. <laughs> Fuck you, David. <laughs> Commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Just fuck out. Get out. Away. Be gone. Pick a window. Just Jesus fucking that was, Christ. That was Kathy Gingell and conservative women. Oh, the whole episode was worth it just for this. <laughs> of course, of oh. course, fucking conservative women would have a hard on for him. Of course they would. No. Yeah. Oh, fuck you, David. This is extremely <laughs> cursed. Thanks, everyone. Well, we, have a good night. As it's, as it's conservative women, you can thank Rob for that. <laughs> oh. I will fucking thank him for that. I'll <laughs> thank him repeatedly in the face for that one. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> right, okay. I think on that note, we can look at ending the episode now. <laughs> it was all worth it for that. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, um, we are now doing t shirts. Um, if you would like a t-shirt of the normal island or perhaps a labour Pesokification um, t-shirt or a controls on Pesokification mug you can go to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash praxiscast the link will be in the description um, you can find us the pod um, on twitter at praxiscast as well and I suppose we'll see you all next time Goodbye, Jamie. Goodbye, Ben. Goodbye, audience. See you all later. <laughs> <laughs> Cheerio. <laughs>